Hey, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity you have given us today. God, we ask that you push this podcast according to your will. We ask that you expand it beyond our measure, beyond our imagination. God, we ask that you use our words. We ask, God, that we use your words with eloquency, with with knowledge and with wisdom, pushing it out to it to where it can be understood, to where it can be helpful, to where it can be useful, God. And we ask that you do it all according to your will, according to your grace, according to your mercy, in the mighty name of Jesus. And we say, Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You have reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We are so excited to have you in here today. We are more than grateful for you to jump in and, and listen with us today. We're just down here, we're talking, we're having a good time, we're cutting up and laughing, and we want to share this experience with you guys. So the first thing we're going to do is go around the table and just see how everyone's doing tonight. Mark? Doing pretty good. I I, I did something different this week. What was I that? I actually got out of the house. <gasps> Mark, good yeah. job. Yes. So, well, because well, Ben stayed because they're on spring break. Right. And um, so we wanted to go on a bike ride. So we aired up the bikes. We went out. Didn't seem like it was very far until I got back and on my phone. It's like you went almost six miles. Oh my goodness! And just so just through town, like we went down, we went up Hill Street, we went around the cemetery. Decided we want to follow some of those paths there, then back through town over by Save Lot, right back down Main Street. Yep, right back to the house. And sure enough, those blocks add up pretty quickly. It's <laughs> good. Patty, how are you doing today? Good. Um, I got to spend some time with Sanai, my granddaughter, and that was pretty fun. She finally sang. She didn't want to sing on Sunday, but she sang. She did. She, <laughs> she finally got needed us she did a, a little, little bit. bit. She just needed a little bit of Persuasion. turning around. Yeah. yeah. It was okay watching the band uh-huh. as long as the other 75 people out there weren't watching her. <laughs> say she's still young enough that she believes if she can't see them, they can't see her. Exactly. <laughs> right. We don't get to follow, fall into that place because they're really there. And we, <laughs> right. You know, I know. Yeah, closing our eyes don't help like, anymore. They'll know that I think that I'm weird or if I turn around, then I might just face them and do it. <laughs> Me, they probably expect it because I'm just weird anyway. So it would be just kind of, they wouldn't, if you guys turned around, they'd probably say something. If I did, I'd be like, oh, that's just Mark. That's it's Mark. just Mark. <laughs> Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Just living life. Be honest. I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really are, you, re- you really are. I know we don't want the camera yet, but you're really missing out on some like the facial expressions over in this far corner. The last there. one was like immediate rage at Bryce calling me out for trying. No, I'm just well, kidding. no, it was actually what your face was saying. So, <laughs> yeah, what you were saying out of your mouth and what your face said was not lining up. So, let's but just then the be second real. time it did. <laughs> well, I think it's important. Yeah, you don't. There's days that aren't as good as others. Man, yeah, homie, tell me about it. Like like when we record on Mondays, those are not <laughs> bad days. days. <laughs> those are very bad days. <laughs> Okay. It's not lack of preparation. It's not lack of knowing what we're doing. It's just it's the all day Saturday running and doing stuff, being in church all day Sunday, which is great, but it leaves you exhausted for Monday when you have to come up with like coherent and meaningful thoughts, yes. which is a struggle on a Tuesday for me. So right, and then you get one day, day early and you have less like, time to go up to that. My brain is full, but not of anything useful. <laughs> <laughs> like that that happens a lot. I mean, and I feel like we're laughing about this, but I mean, it's a real thing. Sometimes that you have to laugh so you don't cry, Bryce. That's yeah. <laughs> I get it. Laughter is like medicine. It's like any day other than Tuesday, get me in a true pursuit. I'm good. Then you get me putting the microphone. It's like, uh. <laughs> right. Exactly. That happens to me 
way more. We have to hit that pause button, reconvene for five, 10 minutes to get. It sounds a lot smoother than it is most days. That is the miracle of editing. Absolutely. (laughs) But just to go along with that, I think we should dive deeper into that, Casey. Not Not specifically into your... Fine and okay. I'm just saying into how days go. Yeah. Christian doesn't mean days go easy. No, he does not. I mean, I feel like it means that days go bad, but your your outlook on it still is good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your perspective from it, the day can be as bad as it possibly can be, but you know that there are brighter days coming. Not even that there are brighter days, but there's still hope beyond measure, and it's basically unexplainable. I had this conversation with Riley Saturday, I feel like. It had to have been Saturday because I was texting and there's some situations going on. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to keep living like this for the rest of my life. Like, I can't do it. And we were talking and I just like came down to like, no, you're not crazy, Casey. Thank you for letting me know, Riley, because everybody else thinks I'm crazy. Just kidding. Not really. <laughs> um, <clears throat> she's like, I don't know how you handle it sometimes. I was like, you know what? Actually, now that I've got this all out and I'm done being dramatic for a moment, it really is the truth that we have a hope that nobody else does, you know? Any situation we can look at and, you know, it looks terrible, it feels terrible, nothing's right about it, but I know that God's taken some of the most broken situations from somebody else's life and still used it for good, and I have to hold on to that. In Psalms 119, 71, it says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's David talking, and it's saying, It is good that I have been. Me and Mark were listening to this listening to a sermon, kind of breaking this down, it's past tense. So, I mean, a lot of times it takes time to get past it to understand that these things were good for you because it's teaching you how to live properly through Christ. And he's doing these things to you to bring you to a a higher standard or a higher level to where the little things don't bother you as bad. Your perspective is set right. Your eyes are set right and focused on, on God. And I think if it was good for David... It's good for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'd have to agree with that 100%. 100%. And it's, it's, they like to think that, or Christians in general sometimes when you're you're new to it, they try, I like to think that it's all, you know, it's all the better roses. But you know what? When you're, whether you're, it's a bad thing or a good thing, it's all fine-tuning you. It's getting you more there. I remember reading a a quote from uh, Michelangelo, the, the sculptor. Yeah, and they were like, they were amazed at how he could make these sculptures. How you know? How did you design it? It's like I didn't design it. All I did was chip away all the extra stuff outside. The statue was already in there. Right. That's that's pretty deep, Mark. That makes a lot of sense, though. Thinking about it, God knows what He put inside of you. Exactly. He knows the He put the right ingredients, but now He's got to get you through the circumstances. To push you where you need to be, kind of like a filter. He's he's straining out in a little bit. He'll take a little bit away here. He'll clean up a little bit of there. He'll chisel a little bit off there. And next thing you know, you're dead and in heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That was quick. That, was, that escalated quickly, bro. Well, I, I, that, that was kind of not a joke, but I mean, it's true more than anything, because you'll not ever get perfect until you open your eyes in heaven. You have a new glorified body. All that being said... You'll get better throughout your Christian walk. 
I am not editing that out. I know. I don't want it to be. No. I've really been looking for a good segue to ask Bryce about his week, but I think we've just killed the idea for that. So let's go for it. How was your week, Bryce? Hey, my week has been wonderful. It feels like I've been running rampant, you know, running here, running there, running everywhere. He was just running in here in his chair, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the motion and with my arms pumping. But it's it's been good. Not Not really stressful. But just busy, busy working. It, I mean, I think I like busy because busy takes your mind off of stuff. It keeps the time moving fast. And by the end of the day, you're tired and you just go to sleep. It's easy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like at the end of your life, you just die. And then you're in heaven. <laughs> then you're in heaven. <laughs> Boom. Hey, hey, tell me a better way it goes. I'm not I going just, to. That was great. Because you get filtered off, filtered off. And you think the response would be, oh, I'm finally perfect. No, you're dead and in heaven. Nope. That's how I feel like it works. But going off of that, we are, uh, we're talking about today taking our past and looking at what has happened in the past and just saying, let's forget about it and move on. And that could be the bad things, and it could be things in a time where you were good and you were just getting refined. You know, There's a lot of bad stuff that we have done personally, but then there's some stuff as we're getting to become more like Christ and our walk with Christ there's little stuff that we're looking at that we need to forget as well. We need to move on from the stuff that is, the Bible puts it, is so easily besetting us, you know. Um, it may not be the the big, big ticket sins, so to speak, but it could be letting your attitude go or having anger or hatred built up, you know, or just things that wouldn't necessarily seem like the biggest problems, but they still separate you from God. Things that maybe you can't see to get rid of until those bigger ones are out of the way to start with. Well, and that's a lot of the, I think it's a misconception. I think people think you have to change immediately. And obviously, you start the changing process, you know, and the stuff that just blink out on a billboard or stuff that probably will go the fastest and will go the easiest. But then there's some stuff that you literally have to fight your flesh tooth and nail to get rid of because everything that is, not like Christ, the flesh wants. Absolutely. The flesh desires it. And Satan knows that Satan Satan knows that your flesh is is backwards, it's twisted, it's totally away from God. It is your flesh is judged. Your flesh is not gonna make it to heaven. So it's he knows that and I think he tempts that every day. I told I think it was just you and Mark Bryce one time a revelation that I had in my own mind that whenever you're praying, you know, the devil knows exactly what you want to a lot of the times. And the thing that you're praying for is the exact same thing. Sometimes he's going to use to try to pull you away. Exactly. Yeah. It's like with a relationship. I have prayed for a relationship, not as seriously as I used to, but recently I've been being more serious about it because I do want to be married someday. Yeah. Like I have no interest in being a cat lady, despite what some people may think. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't like cats. Uh Dogs are a different story. I like cats. I just don't want to just have a cat. I'd like okay. to have a husband and children also. <laughs> right. Okay. Like there'll be cats there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's not the crazy cat lady. It's the family with cats. But the thing is, is I'm praying about this relationship and here comes a man that's not of God. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm praying for him. So God sent him. You have to be so aware of things like that, that your prayers, what looks like a prayer answer may not always be. Right. Because the, the devil always can stand a uh, counterfeit too. Right. That's what he's best at. Yes. He takes what God has meant for for the good. He tries to turn it for evil, but God says, oops. The best lie looks like the truth. 
Oh yeah. yeah. And there's even the it's there's uh, instances of it in the Bible where people talk about how they prayed and they didn't get an answer, and it's because the angels were fighting over over that prayer. They had to get through spiritual territory, the spiritual yeah. territory to get to where it needed to be. So there's sometimes those ones that you think, oh, like she said, that oh, I've been praying for this. Here it is. That's probably where they heard it first before it went all the way through. So it's, it's got he's got some ammunition to throw at you to. To make it look, uh, in my opinion, the prayers that God doesn't answer right away are the hardest to pray. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Continual prayer, you know. It's like I want this, and we have such a right now mentality that it's it's terrible in my circumstances, you know. That I don't want to continue if I feel like it's not going to be if it's to no avail. You know what I mean? I get it. It just it feels monotonous to go and say the same thing. Not to say the same thing because it's not the same, but. Well, discouragement is one of his biggest tactics. Absolutely. You know, he's trying to take our eyes off of the goal that we have in mind is to be like Christ and to go to heaven. And he's trying to put his eyes on, put your eyes on the problem that's in front of you. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times that's probably why the prayers don't get answered. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, a lot of the times we, we want what we want, but we want it out of our own will and not out of God's will. Yeah. You know, if God, if it be your will, let this cut pass for me. But if not, not, nevertheless, not your will, but my, or not my will be done, but yours. That's right. That's a big problem that we, that I have personally. I can't say anything. I say it's definitely a hard concept to grasp, I feel like, for a lot of people, not just you. Yeah. No. Especially when we're going through something, we're going through it. But at that moment, it's like we're stuck there and the anxiety gets really high on us. And the devil's talking, and he's saying, um, "Have fear in your head about the situation. That's you know, not going to come. This to an and end. this can happen, and and what if it does, and all this stuff. But you know, in your spirit, that you're praying f- for God to hear your your prayer, and you don't want this distraction to come from the devil. You want it to stop. So the best thing to do is praise in that moment and say, Absolutely. "Thank you, Lord, that you have it in your hands." I can't do anything because my hands are tied. Right. But yours are ready to be used. Right. And to send the angels forth, that's what we got to do. That's our job is to send the angels forth in the name of Jesus for that situation because we can't do it, but he can. And that's part of of his tactics too because he knows that, you know, we're flesh, we're spirit, we're soul, we're all of that. But if he can get you stuck in the spot that he can make sound good, he knows he can get you to stop right there instead of Moving praying forward. through it the rest of the way. It's like if he stops you right there, he doesn't have to worry about if you're, where your prayer or anything goes from there. He's got you stopped right where he made it sound good enough for you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this for a second. Here's right. a thought that I have on my mind, and I'm wholeheartedly believing this. Bad situations and circumstances are, I think, placed in front of you specifically by God. And I think Satan just gets in on the the refining process because it's like a refiner's fire. The gold only gets treated and gets the impurities out if it's put to the flame. You know, like we talked about olives and olive oil. You only get the best out of olives. Sure, olives taste good, but you can't get the oil unless you smash out the oil out of it. It's got to be smashed and compressed out. And they're doing it for the good of the olive for the best from it. They're doing yeah. it for the most pure gold. 
I feel like God puts us in these situations and then Satan makes it, he comes to you and makes it seem like God is forgetting about you or giving up on you and like, why did you put me here all by your, all by myself? But I feel like if Satan is telling you you're all by yourself, that is 100% assurance to know that you are not. I would agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Look at Job. Right. Exactly. Nothing wrong. I, and I'm just thinking that we look at these bad situations and we're like, man, how did I get here? I'm on church on Sunday. I'm praying throughout the week. I'm lifting up your name throughout the week. I'm worshiping. I'm reading. I'm studying. I'm trying to be obedient to your word, obedient to your voice. And this is happening. You must have forgot about me. Satan must be doing this. I think God is putting us in these positions and saying, look, this is what I want to use to make you better. I agree 100%. You know, yeah, you're doing everything right right now, but you need to come up to the next level. Can you still do it whenever things aren't good? And here's here's one thing I think. If you look back at the situations and I make this might make sense it might not, but you're looking back at the situation so you made it through. Mm-hmm. If you wouldn't have made it through, then you could have said, "Okay, Satan really was this he's the one that put this tactic up." But you made it through, so God obviously was there with you. Right. You can't yeah. make it through on your own. No, no. you can't. Absolutely not. I think it's just building blocks, you know, taking you up levels not that's just the way i can explain it but taking you up to another standard and it's god doing it not satan absolutely well if you think about it anything that you face that you've been through would you be where you are right now without it no you wouldn't be as strong as you are in the spirit absolutely i know it was god yeah and that's one thing i want to press on to everyone else satan is attacking you There's no doubt in my mind that he's attacking you and telling you things that are different to what God is saying. But God is putting you in these places because he knows that he will not put on you more than you can bear. That right there just verifies he is putting it on you. Because he knows you can get through it. He knows that if you take up his yoke, it's light, but he puts it on you. Well, we're made in their image, so he knows that we are stronger than the devil is and his tactics. But we don't know that yet. We right. don't know that. But we have to search more of God to see that we are stronger in Him. And I think a, the biggest part of us not knowing it is we're trying to shift the shift the problems to someone else or shift the the source of it. We don't want to admit blame. Not or, even. Not even. Not, yeah. Not even blame. But we don't want to admit that it's God trying to use us yeah. properly and trying to get us. Through not necessarily boot camp, but basic, you know, basically training us. How can you go? How can you get peace? Tribulation. That's a good word for it. Boot camp. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is because it's hard work oh, to get it's through. Basic training. Yes. Yeah. So I've never been in the military, but I imagine that day seventy-five or whatever it is is probably easier than day one. Yeah, because you're progressively getting trained and more trained and more seasoned and. The mountain wasn't so high. The mountain was high that you climbed the first time, but once you got to the the first the first plateau and you started climbing up the second, you're like, okay, it's high, but I just climbed up one, so I know I can make it up two, and then three, you get to the top, and then you're like going up the whole mountain at, at once, you know. So that's one thing that I want to stress out to us today is that God is doing this stuff. Absolutely, building like building endurance. Exactly, he's he's building stamina. Yep. He's not doing it. Satan's not doing this because if Satan was doing it, he'd just completely destroy you. 
You'd fail right away. You think? I Am I just yes, crazy here thinking true. that? Look, you don't attack anything or work against anything that you don't think is a threat to you. Right. Given the opportunity, I don't have a single doubt that Satan would take out anything that he thought was a threat if he was able. Yep. He doesn't know the future. Satan does not. He only knows what God reveals to him, just like with us. He can deter you by what he says to you. Mm-hmm. He has to make you think otherwise and get you to believe that you are not the chosen of God. You are not a child of God. You are not the head, or you're the tail and not the head. You know, everything in exact contrast to what the Bible says and what God says to us. He has to deter you from that with his words. All you got to do is not believe it, not listen to it, not act as if his words were true. Just act as if God's words are true. Because they are. We know they are. We know they work. That's why we're here tonight. Absolutely. We're telling you tonight that you can walk away from your past. It's important to keep keep some sort of humbleness or humility knowing where you came from. Just But don't keep it so close that you want to go back to it. Get rid of it. Um, the Bible says that we are forgetting those things which are behind us, pressing forward to the mark and the high calling of God, not to the mark shoe law in front of me, but the mark of God. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Don't don't aim at me. <laughs> I think that's one of the most important parts of that verse, though. You know, forget the past, but you have to keep moving forward. You can't move just stay forward. here. Right. If you don't move, you'll get hit coming and going. Yep. In case the listeners were curious, that's out of Philippians 3, 12, 14. I actually had that one on my paper. Read it out for us. It says, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's one thing that we need to state and be very clear about. None of us have made it. No, absolutely Like not. I said, when we make it, we'll open our eyes in heaven. That's yes. when you made it. And when you hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you, you've been faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over, over many. Then you can say, I've apprehended it now. Yeah. Okay. But we have to remember that these things that are behind us, if we stop and and wait on them or think on them, we'll start to edge back that way. They'll catch up with you. Right, because they're moving too. Yeah. Satan's on the move, mm-hmm. and he will use everything that you've done because he already knows it. He was there. He's seen it. He probably was a part of that fall in your ear talking, you know. He'll use that. You got to get going, get moving, and be moving towards Christ. That's the important part. You got to be moving the right way. You can't just move, you know, it's not a case of exact opposites. If you move away from one, you're automatically going to the other. Yeah. No, with the, with all the different things that people put out there in the world today, just because you turn from the one thing doesn't mean you're automatically turning to God. You still got to turn to the right thing. Right. You got to be bobbing and weaving trying to yeah. get go the right way. Yeah, absolutely. You're in a war, so the attacks are coming towards you. Absolutely. The arrows are the flying. The arrows so are flying. From every side, but the one that's supposed to be mm-hmm. on your side. Right. And that's, I mean, that's the easiest way to f- figure out where you need to go. Wherever the arrows are flying, go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Run away <laughs> from and, fire. In Psalms, <laughs> in Psalms 91, it will shield you from the fiery darts of the enemy or the adversary. That's where you want to go. <laughs> yeah. Look, if it's coming from that direction, probably not the way to be headed. <laughs> right. 
And that should be kind of a red flag to anyone, you know, who are into this, the whole red flag thing. Yeah. But you know what's funny is his tactics are still the same now. Yeah, they haven't changed. That they were 2,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Absolutely. He's not Um, a very creative being for being the angel that was in worship. But the thief cometh not to (laughs) steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he wants to do. That's all he wants to do. That's all he knows how. If it ain't broke, you ain't got to fix it. Clearly, it's been working for him for a while. I still say he's on cruise control. I still think sometimes... He like sets it on cruise control and just stops paying attention because he knows like, well, they're just going to go and do it anyway. So destroy themselves. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. So let's get back on topic here. I don't think we left. Uh, no, we're, we're good. <laughs> Mark, I'm going to ask you, how is one or how do you think you can forget your past or put it behind you? Um, like I said, I got here. I didn't get here as early as I usually do. And didn't get any as many notes as I normally do, but yeah, just things I was thinking of is a few things to keep in mind about your past. Yeah. First off, what's the word? What is it? Your we're letting go of your past. Past. Okay. It's past. It's already happened. It's gone. Right. So you don't need to hold on to it anymore. Right. Um and if you think about your past, if it's good, you can build on it. Yeah. If it's bad, you can overcome it. I think you can build on it either way. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easier to build on the good than on the bad. Right. You have to overcome the bad before you can build on it. Right. But it doesn't. I came up with this little analogy, like, um, think of it like a movie or a a book. Yeah. Especially one where you have multiple books, not just one. So we always talk a about series. You know, like series. a whole series, like. I was going to say installment, but I was trying to like, no, that's too much. Um, we always say our, our life is a book. Our life is a story. It's like, I think we need to think about it as it's more of a series. Right. So the past, when you look at these, read these book series. You need to hit a period, shut that book, and put it on the shelf. Well, you even think about <laughs> even these movies, when they come up with like the origin story. Yeah. They don't go over it again in the next in the next installments. That's right, Mark. That's good they analogy. Touch on, they touch on the stuff that's important about it that helps. Right. But they don't go back over and rehash the whole thing. They Good only point. take the things they've learned from. And when you start that next book, it's completely blank. It's completely new. It's fresh. Exactly. It's not just a copy of the old one. It is something that you've moved on past that, and now you're writing what happens afterwards. That's a good way to put it. Mark, you just schooled all of us, buddy. <laughs> I was say he really started to kind of touch on my thought that I was going to bring forward, so I was hoping he wasn't going to go too deep. I stopped. I know. I'm so proud. Um, (laughs) My biggest thought, you know, beyond not holding it against yourself is understanding that even if your past didn't look great, it still gave you tools that can be used for a better purpose. Absolutely. You know, maybe you used to be really great at going out with friends to the bar and you're really sociable and could talk to people really well. And now you're trying to be a Christian. You still have that exact same tool set of being charismatic, of being kind, of being able to speak to people. You just put it to a better use. Exactly. Just because you gained the tool somewhere where it wasn't great doesn't mean you can't use the tool in a better place now. That's right. I like that one too. And I was thinking the same thing. Just look back on everything that you think was, just go, just look back on the past from wherever you're at right now. Look on it. What do you remember more, the good things or the bad things? I'm thinking good things. Well, I, I found something about that too. So, our brains are wired to handle negative information and positive information differently. 
Right. Um, they, it's actually easier. It takes more thought for the negative than it does for the good. Yeah. So you have to think harder on the bad stuff than you do for the good stuff. Which is why, like, when your brain processes things, there's so much more attached to the negative than there is the good because it has to work harder to understand all that. So you're saying it's got to think less. And that, yeah, don't <laughs> don't worry about it so much. Don't think as much about it. It's already happened because if it's in the past, you can't do anything about it anyway. Right. That's true. You can't go back and change it. No, nothing and, you can do can change what you already and did. You, and if you're looking at your present, where you're at in this present moment. If you go back and change it, it might interrupt with where you're at. Of course, you could, you know, maybe push yourself further forward than what you are now. But I'm pretty, pretty ecstatic about where I'm at in this present yeah. moment. You know, yeah. Think so most of the time, well, probably all the time, those bad choices that you made were still a part of the choices, and they still got you to this point. Yeah. If you didn't have to go through some of that bad stuff. Maybe you're still stuck in all that stuff and you're not where you're at now. Not necessarily maybe further along. Maybe you never even got there. See, one of the things that I've noticed about stressful, hard, uh, just personally in my experience, jobs and situations, like say one one time I was driving and transmission goes out. That's that's pretty stressful. That's a yeah. pretty big thing, you know. So, I mean, I just roll the punches, get a transmission put in, you know, have it rebuilt, put it back in, and I'm going. Well, someone else in my life had a sensor go bad, and they thought the world was going to end. It's like, look, the bad things that I've went through and I've overcame make the little things seem tiny. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, you know what I mean? It's like I've overcome such so much bigger than that, and we're working on a sewer project. It was fifteen. It was fourteen foot to the top of the pipe. The bottom of the pipe was another foot and a half or so on the ground. Force main pushing sewage at us, at I think it was like four hundred gallons a minute. Ooh, seriously. And then we did one today. It was a storm drain, which was great. You know, it's just clear water. It's eight inches and it's about five feet in the ground. To someone who hasn't ever seen something like that, a one inch pipe in the ground would be bad. But to someone who has seen a 12-inch pushing 300 gallons a minute at you, one-inch pipe is nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, the little stuff seems way littler when you go through the big stuff. And I think that's important to understand as someone who is working on building up and getting not necessarily away from their past, but learning how to use the things that have been a problem to them before. The things now seem so much smaller, in my opinion. I agree. It seems so much easier to overcome these things. You know, the obstacles that comes up, oh, that's just five minutes. I'll go do this, this, get away from it, go fix that, and I'm back on my way. And sometimes the obstacles ourselves, as we're thinking, because if we have to do any kind of work to it, it's easier to do it a different way. Right. So like a case in point, um, a number of years back, one of my uncles was up at my dad's house, and the alternator went out on his car. Or on his truck. My dad's like, well, we got another alternator here. It doesn't mount the same way, but the inside's the same. We can just take it apart, reverse it, put it back together. You got an alternator. No, nah, I don't want to. I'll just go buy a new one. Spent 200-something bucks when you could have just taken 15 minutes to swap it. it around. Yeah. And then a week or so later, my alternator goes out. You know what I did? Swapped you it. still got that one there. We went and we swapped it around and I put that back on there and I saved myself 200 and some bucks. Right. Because <laughs> there was nothing wrong with the other alternator. It was just the casings had the mounting brackets the other way. 
So it was just a, a case of you knowing you've been through, you've seen what the big problem could have been or at that point, it yeah. was a big price tag. Yeah. But you know, just do this, this, and this. When you've been through some stuff, you got, you're kind of seasoned and you're like, you just roll with it. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and when you've been through some stuff, you want to tell others about it so that you say, okay, I've been through that door before. You don't want to go. Don't you don't want to go that way. Right. right. You want to go to this store. It's right. a lot easier. The hardest one is you've been through the door. I've watched it. You're out of it now. Now you're trying to go back through it. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's another one. It's like, listen, I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I'll be the first to tell you that. But here's what I think. I have eyes and I can see kind of some situations that are going on. You know, I try to be aware and, you know, paying attention to what's going on around me. And if I see something going on and it didn't work for you one time, I'm not smart enough to think that trying it exactly the same way again is going to get you a different result. I would say dumb enough to think that. Right. You know, the, de- the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting, expecting a, a different, different result. And, I, and I'm not trying to bash somebody for doing no. it, you know, but you still got to learn. Some some people learn the first time. Some it takes a couple tries and they still learn. Sometimes you got to repeat a grade. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, Patty, how do you think that you can move away from your past and move on? Well, you definitely have to change. Right. You have to change your direction. So yep. you have to choose differently because if you don't, you're going to end up the same way. Um, I would say just keep on going forward by seeking the word of God and seeking the situation. There's, there's Bible scriptures for everything that you need. Absolutely. There's something to back it up for you so that you can find courage in it. You can find strength in it because the arrows are going to fly no matter what. Absolutely. No matter what the trial is at that moment, you might pass that that phase, but then you're going to be in another phase. Yeah. And then when you get to that phase, somebody's going to be in the one you were just in. And then you can help that person. Because because you like I said, you've already been through it. You're humble enough to remember it. Right. That's the key. You're humble enough to remember it so that you can help others. Right. And you care enough to Too when good. you see them going through the same thing to say, hey, hold on a second. This I did this, went through the same thing. This happened. You care enough not to just let them go and learn the lesson. Right. You know, you're you're willing to give them the lesson from the end of the story without them having to experience the things that teach them the lesson. Now, yes. whether they listen or not is not a story. It's not up to you for that. You're you're supposed to give them the information. Whether they take it or not is not their not their uh, not your problem. No, because you gave it to them. You gave you did your part in that, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't continue to try. I'm just saying that don't be weary in well doing. Those who endure to the end will be saved. You know you got to you got to be able to look at the problem, look at the circumstance, listen to what they're doing, give them the advice, but be willing to go with it till the end. Yeah. And here's my here's here's my thought on it. And Patty was touching on it, basically stepping all over it. But <laughs> I think it's like. The, right, rubbing it in the rubbing ground. Rubbing it in, yeah. Stomped it a few times. I think the best way, you first thing you need to do is forget, not forget the past, but get away from it. Yeah, never forget it. Use it to your benefit. That's better. Exactly. You need to get away from it as far as you can. 
And I think the best way you could move on is help somebody with it. Mm -hmm. Help somebody with your experiences. Find someone that's similar to you. Because it could reinforce it to you. Like it could, you know, maybe, you know, okay, I got through this. This was what needed to be done. But it's like, maybe you're thinking, oh, but was that right? And then you see someone there, it's like, and it reinforces, not only does it help them, but like you said, it helps you as well. It's like, hey, you made the right choice. That was the right thing to do. When everybody says, just talk about it, talking about it, getting it out of you feels, makes it feel so much better. Mm-hmm. How much better, more on top of that would it feel if you're not only getting it out, airing it out, I guess, and helping someone in the process. There's a gratification in helping somebody that has is going through what you've been through and you can kind of lead off or head off some of these things that they might have to weave through, you know, and then there's some people that are hard headed and won't listen and just do it. Well, that's yeah, when you've, you have to, you've given what you yeah. could. Well, that's, <laughs> where you get, that's where you get to pull out the old, if you can't listen, you can feel. Yeah. <laughs> What's your saying about feelings, Mark? <laughs> feelings aren't Lord. Jesus is. So Patty was stepping all over something else that I was thinking too with her. Oh, go you for know, it. People always say they feel a certain way about something. You can't trust your own feelings. No. no. Feelings are fickle. You know, Patty said, get in the word, pray about it, figure it out. If you're listening to this, chances are you're already a Christian. If you're listening to this and you're not, you're in the right place because we're about to give you some real good advice about how to deal with things. That's right. The Bible is the unadulterated word of God. We all agree. Yes. I'm sure. I don't even have to ask that question. No. So if you're looking for a godly way to live and a godly way to handle a situation, why would you not turn straight to the source material? Amen. That's my thought. Yeah, we're not giving you our words when we give you advice or recommendations. We're backing it up by scripture. Yeah. Because if, if anything we can say can't be found there, then we need to kind of close our mouths unless it matches what's in there. That's right. We need to be diligent in seeking the Word of God and finding out stuff to fix us and help fix everybody, not fix I them. need That's... plenty of fixing. Let's get that straight <laughs> out of the gate. Right. Let's, <laughs> let's work on us. So I was I was watching something this week, and it just... Kind of, it didn't blow my mind, but it made me think and change my perspective. It says, um, "How do you how do you uh, learn about God or learn about God's word?" What would your answer be to that, Mark? Read it. Okay. How would you try to be deeper in understanding God's word, Patty? Also read it, Casey. For me, I feel like a combination of getting into it and reading it more, but also. God still speaks today, people. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Try talking to him. Or in that case, sometimes once you start talking, stop and try listening. Listen. Yep. That's fair. Two that ears, one. one mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of you are right. Uh, I'm going to get you. Well, you want to know God? Enlighten us. Be obedient to his word. That's so true, Bestie, actually. Obedience. She finally said it. <laughs> well, so you can get knowledge on his word. There's such thing as theology. Yeah. You can get knowledge of his word, but if you truly want to know him, do what he says to do. That's I so true. saw a tweet about this literally earlier today that said you can have theology without having Christ, and now I'm mad that I got it wrong. See? <laughs> well, so here's the thing. When you think about that, theology without Christ I don't think is theology. No, it's just ology. Exactly. It's just a study. Um, look, at if you had a guy who went to school to be a car mechanic, if he never got into a garage and worked on the car— is he a mechanic? He just knows about it. Exactly. There's a difference between knowing and then putting your knowledge into action. 
Mm-hmm. You it's can like, know as many of God's word and as many scriptures as you want, but if you don't act on them or do them, what good is it? Faith is dead. Faith is an action word. Faith yeah. without works is, is dead. dead. So I told, like, I think it was like the first week of our our current lesson we're in Sunday school. So, like, with theology being the study of God, said so you guys are all theology students now. Yeah, but you got to use it, right? And just to be clear, there's you can't work your way to heaven. No, but you should be working on yourself here, not working on yourself, letting God work on you and using His Word, and then when you find something new, put it into action. When you find something fresh or it's been revealed to you that, it, biblically speaking, I'm saying, if you read something new out of the Bible and it and it works on you and convicts you, change. There's no such thing as Christian cruise control. No. No, no. never. Hate you, to be the one to break it you to you. You will be working mm-hmm. on certain things in your life to the day you die. Absolutely. That's one thing I saw when I was looking up stuff about why it's important to let your past go and things like that. Yeah. One was when you see people that hold too tightly to the past, they seem like they're living, but they are essentially in cruise control and autopilot. They're not actually experiencing anything. No. They're still so tied to what happened in the past that they're just going through the motions of doing things and they're not actually really there to experience it. I feel the same way. And just as, as an example, I want to talk about this for a minute too. Okay. Church in the past. The things that happened in the past at church. We say it all the time here. I'm sick of hearing about the revival from 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm sick oh, about I thought you going somewhere else. No, I'm sick of makes me mad. I'm sick no, no, about hearing either. I'm sick of hearing about these great things and miracles and wonders and speaking in tongues and shouting and dancing and the the great sermons and everything. God is still the same, people. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. You know, this last week, I think it was Friday night after work, we went and saw the Jesus Revolution movie that people have been yelling at me because I haven't got to go see because I'm a busy person. I'm sorry. But, you know, looking at it, and it was an awesome movie. It was a great thing to look at and see, you know, how perspectives had to change in order for God to really be able to move because people were standing in the way. We're in the exact same situation now. Today, and it's worse. Yeah, it really is. We're sitting here fighting each other. We're doing the devil's work for him. We're doing it for him. We're We're, either destroying ourselves and he's on cruise control or we're destroying others and he's just sitting back and just. We're meant to be a light to the world, but we got all the blinds shut and metal shutters on the window so nobody can see in. (laughs) Right. We're, We're sitting here and fighting back and forth over little things that don't matter and we're letting people go. And when I say go, you have a destination. We're letting them go to hell. Right. And that's our fault. And it's because we're too focused on how the, w- the way we think sh- things should look, the way they always have looked, that we can't even take the time to look and say, maybe if we're getting the same result over and over in sanity, like you said, Mark, right? it's time to take a different approach. We are focused too much on their past. Yes. People have past too. That's something we Everyone have to understand. God said that he will forget that. He will forget them or forget their past and forgive them. He will wipe the slate clean. Can I give another one? Go for it. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Perfect. Perfect. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
He will do it for everybody. We got to get the mentality out of our head that we are the only one that need our past forgiven. Absolutely. Everyone that comes through the door has a past, no matter if it's a bad one or one that's not so bad because they're all bad. Yeah. We need to remember that and and be working just like we're working to move our move forward in Christ. We need to be working with them saying, "Look, I was here. I've moved forward through Christ." The only way you're going to get forward is through Christ. Let's be clear on that. Yes, absolutely. You can't self-help your way out of this. No, you there's not a 12-step program. No, there's not. Al- there's not a, a Unless... solution in the bottle. There's not a solution in the pill. There's not a solution in the psychologist. There's not a solution at the doctor's office. You will not find it anywhere but in the Word of God through Christ. The only way there is a 12-step program is if you sit close enough in the church that your pew is 12 steps from the altar. That's the only... That's good, Mark. That's, that's the really only good. way a 12-step program and is And if valid. you're further, it's 48 steps. Exactly. Yeah. And if it's, you're closer, it's two steps. Exactly. If you walk really slow, it could be a long time, but if you're you going to get there. If you just exactly. turn around in your pew and hit your knees, it's a one step. Yes. yes. That's a big thing to think about, too. You know, so many people are so concerned with the altar. I want people are going to think, if I go to the altar, if I walk up to the essentially a really low table... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bend down. When in reality, it's just it's I, just the I, sh- I shared this this week. It says people think that repentance is a shameful place, but in no. all reality, it's the most joy joyous occasion in your life. Mm-hmm. Not once have I ever looked at somebody who went to the altar and been like, "Man, I wonder what they did to get there." Right. It's always, "Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that they're taking that next finally. step." Finally, finally, yes. <laughs> finally, we've been praying for that person. Right. And they're finally, there. and they're here, and yes. I'm going down with yes. them. Yes. When it happens exactly. sometimes, genuinely, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, finally!" <laughs> like it you feels said. so good. It does. Because I know I've made the steps myself, yeah. and most of the time I need to hit it before they do. Say, if I'm crying, it's because I'm celebrating with you, not because I'm mourning anything. That's right. right. People worry about that. They worry about, you know, what are people going to think about me when I go down there? Not much. Know, I'm too busy thinking about myself. Right. <laughs> yeah, but it's, but there's just been so many experiences where that, that has happened, unfortunately, yeah. to people. They've gotten to a bad situation, and people had a wrong mindset. Yeah. They were, they were the ones concerned more with what everyone else was doing than why everyone was doing what they were doing. But whose fault is that? Ours. I say, let's touch on that a little bit. What do I say? Forgetting the past, forgetting past church hurt and things that you've been through if you're trying to come back. How do you get past that? How do you get past church hurt? Yep. One one answer and one answer only, and I'm going to give it. Okay. Okay. God did not do this to you. That's right. People did. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. This is not a God problem. This is a people problem. The, we are the church. We understand that. And we are the ones that have been shaming people and hurting them and putting them down and ultimately keeping them out of salvation and wanting to be in a place that really will help them grow and flourish and move forward and finally be able to get away from their past and move to a new understanding. God did not do it to you. Do not give up on him. Don't give up on the people either because they need repentance more than anything and you should be the one trying to help them. But church hurt, church hurt is big. It's caused a lot of problems in the United States, not even the United States in our little town here. But we got to understand that Jesus Christ died for us. These, yeah. people, these people are the ones who have done this to us, not him. And I always point out, you know, our biggest problem is the way the church has acted in the past. Absolutely. And one thing that can help is we have to take accountability for it. Even though we weren't the ones that do it, being part of the church as a whole 
Yeah. We are still partly responsible for it. And our responsibility is to show them the way it's supposed to be, not the way some church member, you know, 17 years ago did something. Right. But show them the way the Bible lays it out to be. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking, too, when you started saying that. Go with what the Bible says. If someone else is doing it differently than what the Bible says, they're, they're wrong. wrong. Yep. Bingo. Is that your boo- your booyah right there? <laughs> booyah. <laughs> so we all have our uh, catchphrases around yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. Amen. I hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Five months later. What? <laughs> no, we uh, <laughs> we're just want, we want to have fun while we're doing this, of course. Yeah. You but, guys are getting a little more of a glimpse of how we are in between recordings. Yeah. <laughs> but in general. Okay, back to the topic. Yeah. Back to the topic, Casey. I know as, as much as it's painful. I didn't say anything. So we she talked was about a fist bump. She was happy. That was a I know, celebration. I know, I know, I know. I see it. We talked about how to get move away from the past. Let's kind of talk on we kind of talked on moving forward too, actually already. Yeah. Let's talk about some ways that you think that the past can hinder you. Ways that the past can hinder you? Yeah. Well, when you dwell on it because you think you can change it. Right. That can hinder you. Absolutely. Um, when, you, when you hold on so tightly to the past, you leave no room for the future. Right. So when you let it go, now you've got all this room for things that can happen. Right. Whereas if you're just hoarding in all these things that happened before, that's all you've got room for is that. If you hold on to your past and don't get a, not necessarily, let's just say let go of it. If you don't let go of your past, you are stopping God's plan for you. Yeah. You are. You are standing directly in his way. I think another big thing is even if you've thought that you've let go and you've moved forward and you're continuing to try to move forward, if you still allow things that happened in the past to define how you see yourself today, right? you're never going to reach your full potential. You're calling God a liar. Right? That's Yeah, <laughs> essentially. It's going d- directly against what he says in Isaiah 48, what, 13? Or 40, 18. 43, 18. 43, 18. I was, got the numbers a little bit mixed up. Hey, the, all the numbers were there. He's got that right. <laughs> we would have found directly, it eventually either yeah. way. He's he's wiping the slate clean. He will make a way in the desert to make a stream, a river through the desert. Am I right? Yep. Is that what it says? Where it's impossible, it seems, for anything to go right. Do you know what happens? In, you know what's in the desert? Sand. sand. You Cactuses. Know what, you know what happens when you put water in sand? It just sifts away. Yep. Now, how are you going to put a river in there? I'm not. God did. 100% impossible, but he can do it. Absolutely. Can I throw out a couple quotes I found that I thought were really good? Go for it. Especially because, so, for, uh, even though I'm repeating myself, I'm a nerd. Okay. So I like nerdy things. Aware. And, but even more, I like Christian nerds. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) That's like top tier nerds. That is is like, so when they do rankings, A, B, C, D, E, the top tier is the S tier. This guy is S tier. Okay. Just in case you were curious on how they do those things. Okay. So this is C.S. Lewis. Okay. The guy who wrote um, The Chronicles of Narnia, but he's also got a lot of, he was, was a big apologetics. He was converted by uh, J.R. Tolkien, another super nerd. Also Christian, Catholic, same thing. Okay. And another um, English professor at the university they went to. Okay. But 
going from atheist to Christian statements like he says, getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. Yeah. Whoa. I can't do the monkey bars, but I understand the concept. I can if they're short enough and I can just walk across the ground. <laughs> that makes sense, though, to just but think God about it. God will give second. you short monkey yes. bars if you need them. That's right. right. And then here's this other one of him I found. It says, the more we let God take us over, the more truly ourselves we become because he made us. Yeah. Well, it'd be like us trying to, if you have a Ford car. Trying to make it a Chevy. Put GM parts on it. It's not going to work. It might work a little bit for a, a moment or a season, you know, but it ain't going to work forever. No. Why would you want to mess up a Ford anyway, though? <laughs> <laughs> they get it right the first time. Is that a joke? Or are we being serious? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Ford fan, okay? Well, I mean, I drive a Ford. I just wasn't sure because people make fun of them. <laughs> well, they make fun of everything. Yeah. They're allowed to be wrong. It's okay. Casey, Casey I'm going to ask you this question. Oh, boy. What are some things that can hinder you if you don't let go of the past? I already answered that question, Bryce. No, I'm just kidding. Answer it again. I, okay, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I Genuinely, I think that your past hinders you whenever you allow it to. I mean, obviously, we know that. But if you're so busy looking behind you at what's going on, there's no way for you to know for sure if you're stepping in the right direction. Right. Say, True. not Sunday night, but this week before. I just closed my eyes in worship because I was like, you know what? This is about me. It ain't about nobody else. They can do what they want. And whenever I opened my eyes at the end of worship, I was facing like diagonal, completely away from the congregation where I usually was, like three steps off to the right. Yeah. And like, obviously at that point, it's a different situation because I was trying to be in myself and worship. I wasn't worried about everything else, but it can go the opposite way too. Sometimes if you're not looking where you're supposed to be, you don't have your eyes set where you need them to be you'll end up so far off course you don't even know where you were anyways. Because I thought for sure I was facing that pulpit in that back. Right. I was not. I do the, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made an analogy one time when we were preaching. You have a windshield in front of you and a rear view mirror to look behind you. The windshield is normally roughly four feet across and yeah. two and a half or three feet tall. And the rear view mirror is probably eight inches by two inches. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason one's smaller. If you focus on the smaller one looking out the back, you will wreck. You will wreck miserably, <laughs> and it won't take very long. It will be spectacular. And that's one of those things, too. If you continue to focus on what is going on back there, the stuff in front of you loses loses um, prevalence Loses prevalence to you. you. You are not focusing on it. You are not pushing it, and you're not going that way. I mean, you still are going that way, but you're looking back here. Next thing you know, you're rear-ending somebody. Yeah. Would you say sometimes we stick to get so stuck up on our past because we're trying to understand everything? Right. You got to quit trying to. Can I give you one for that one? Yeah. Yeah, that, I love that. Was, I was sorry. You I was don't have to you ask every time. Just go. Just go, okay. Mark. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. That you, was one of mine. Perfect. Good job. Sorry, Patty. Good job. <laughs> That's you, the last ones I got here right now, but I can search up more. <laughs> Google is my friend, or so is Bible Gateway. Here's another analogy for you. Trusting on your own understanding is like putting your car in drive and looking out the back window trying to drive. Exactly. That's a good one. Yikes. Yeah, you open your garage Scary. door. Open your garage door, turn around, you know, put your arm on the other seat, 
to turn around and get your full movement to look back, but you got it and drive and you drive right through the wall. <laughs> I've got a backup camera. I don't even turn around anymore. <laughs> that's, what, that's what leaning on my understanding looks like. That's a good one. Well, it'd be like never attending a single class and then going and thinking you're going to take the test and pass. Right. You just mm-hmm. fail miserably. Be like, you wasted your money. You wasted your time. You wasted everyone's time in here. Okay, Patty. Pass. How can it hinder you? Um, It can hinder you when people bring it up. Ooh. Oh. They bring it up. But it goes along with us bringing it up. If you allow it to hinder you with them bringing it up, that's yes. how it that's how it can hinder but you. But we have to understand that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Absolutely. But they're mighty through God for pulling down the strongholds. Absolutely. And that's what we got to look at. That's 2 Corinthians 10, 4, rubber ducky. Rubber that's du- the way ducky. I remember it. 10, 4, rubber ducky. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 10, 4. You know, it's it's people can bash you, they can get that lash at you, they can bring your past up to hinder you, to distract you, to make you upset. Um, All you got to do is say, get thee behind me, yes. Satan. Say, but we, that is a tactic of the devil. It is. We have to get a mindset that, you know, bringing up your past is like trying to rob a house that you don't live at no more. Mm-hmm. Amen. Nothing that's valuable yep. to you is there. That's Amen. right. Amen. And we got to get that mindset. It only is an effective tactic if, if you allow works. it yeah. to be. Yep. You are the one that makes that tactic work. You'd be like, it's your choice. You're going to listen or not. So, yeah. do I look like I'm still there? Mm-hmm. I'm way too fat to be a drug addict. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there no more. <laughs> I was so tempted to hit one. I guess so I true, best. The blue one on the bottom. Thank you. Oh, I was man. actually leaning towards the sad trombones one, one right next to it. Because he's, he's too fat to be a uh, drug addict. It's true. Why would we say yeah. I mean, no, it's just. <laughs> it's true, though. It fits. You know, you're looking it. at, you just got to have this perspective in your mind, have these thoughts on your mind. I'm not going to let these things hinder me anymore. You have to right. remember you're a new creation. I have a yeah. future ahead of me that I can use my. Uh, decisions through Christ to somewhat change and redirect what's going in front of me. I can't do nothing about what's back there. So you using it against me, you can't do nothing with it either, except for bring it up Mm -hmm. and it's worthless. You know, most of us, or at least half of us in this room, have a future ahead of us that's probably far greater than the past behind us. Well, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. But even then, in the same situation, you know, I just had to get a joke in there. I'm sorry. That's fine. (laughs) That was a hurtful one, Casey. (laughs) Like, you don't tell Patty she's old off camera all the time. time. We're not talking about off camera. (laughs) What Casey really means, three quarters of us have a longer future. Aren't you like 42? (laughs) No. (laughs) 41. 41. Okay, whatever. He can make it to 82. I was getting around to another point. Okay, go for it. (laughs) Even if time-wise it's not greater, even if you start now and you're 80 years old, the future you have ahead of you could be greater in terms of everything else but time. I'm going next, Mark. You can put your hand down. Uh-huh. I had my hand up earlier, too. Even if you're 80 and you have six months to live. Six minutes. Six, oh, six minutes. Yeah. That's a very short amount of time. Not compared to eternity. Absolutely. There's exactly. no time frame or reference on eternity. You have to, Mark, I'll get to you in just a second. <laughs> you have to understand that even though you've wasted, and I'm going to use it just like that, wasted so much time. Back there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of time left. We're That's playing right. the long game here, people. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm playing for the the fourth quarter win. 
And that's the thing. Even if it's 20 years versus 80 years, yeah, it's still too much time wasted. Yeah. Right? But what I was waving my hand maniacally for was... Wave it like you just don't care. Yeah, like I just don't care. <laughs> no, we're not going that far. Okay, go. Um, one other thing that I thought of was that... And I've already pointed out, you know, nothing you can do can change the past. Nothing anyone else can do can change your past. But everything you can do can change your future. Absolutely. Everything. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> see, I, that's why I was going like this. You yeah. can't see me wave my hand here. You can't change it. But the choices, and if you allow, if you allow what they're saying to hinder you or keep you from moving forward, their choices for you will change it. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. No Man, matter that's... what, no matter what you do with what they bring up, it's going to change your future. Right. It's just, are you allowing it to make your future look like your past? Are you, or are you letting it just kind of fall off and go somewhere different? The choice is yours today, folks. And with that, we'd like to say that we love you. We appreciate you coming on. Uh, if you made it this far, you should you should just stick around. you got about two more minutes left. But we want to encourage you to not bring anybody else's past, to use it against them. Uh, not let anybody else bringing up your past affect you in a negative way. We just want you to know that we're all trying to make it to heaven. Let's help everyone. Let's stomp the devil right in his head and make it all to heaven together. And with that, I'm going to say love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey, both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.